So I didn't do a lot of research for this. That was your job for the show. But two articles that I saw that came out in the New York Times right beforehand. One was called, How About We Just Don't Watch Game of Thrones, the prequel. And then also George R. R. Martin is finally getting the show he wanted. Yeah, so I read that one. You read both of them? I read the last one. Okay, well, the first one was interesting because I didn't necessarily disagree with what they were saying. They stated that the trailer for this new one didn't look that good. The wigs looked bad. The acting didn't seem like it was going to be showing us anything that we hadn't seen before. And the last seasons of Game of Thrones were so messy as it is. What hope do we really have going? into a new series about the same stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I understand that. It also, though, was like a triggering title. So I can see why the producers would not want to see something like that written in the New York Times mm -hmm. right before their series came out. And then George R. R. Martin's article was more about how in the later seasons, it was almost like he was trying to give himself an excuse for why the show went bad. And he was just <laughs> like, I just wasn't a part of it, you know? Yeah. So I did take that with a little grain of salt. I know that George R. R. Martin, like the episodes that he wrote in the first few seasons were amazing. Mm -hmm. But he also came out with some series afterwards. I think Nightflyers was his or something along that lines. And, and it wasn't that good. So, I, I mean, again... I don't know what to expect with this series, but we definitely were going to, we weren't going to miss it. He co-created the show along with Ryan Condal in 2019 when he pitched it to HBO and they picked it up almost immediately. Ryan Condal has done things like Colony and he also wrote the 2018 Colony, film. is that the um, Sawyer show? Yeah, the, like ran for I think three seasons. Yeah, I like that one. I thought it was okay. Like it wasn't perfect by any means, but he's, he ran that. And then also they had a different show, right? That came out or that they were thinking about putting out a year or two after Game of Thrones ended but then that one got binned because like the pilot wasn't that good yeah but this isn't the only show that's supposed to be a spinoff of game of thrones they're supposed to be making other ones yeah. that have already been greenlit by this point it's got its own universe planned out but like after the eighth season of the original series it felt like a lot of those plans got scrapped yeah so it i thought this was supposed to be like the reboot this is supposed to be this uh sell or die like it's either People buy into this or they're or it's gone. I think that's why HBO has put in so much money just to try and make this their big like release. I think it was like two hundred million dollars that they put in and thirty million dollars just for the pilot. And I know that like with every single scene that took twelve hours to shoot, they only shot a scene a day. Yeah, I'm really tired of hearing about productions. That was all they did in the last couple seasons was like the cast would come out and yeah. talk about how great their production value was, and then the show would come out and it would kind of suck. So I just kind of want to either jump into the plot unless you have something else you want to I do. want to say very fast that the first episode was directed by Miguel Sapochnik. He was the same one that directed Battle of the Bastards. Oh, good, so, good yeah, director. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so they actually got someone from the fifth season. Was that Battle of the Bastards? Uh, sixth season. Oh, sixth season. Okay. That was when it kind of veered off. Uh, anyways, but like I know that episode, that mm -hmm. was well-known episode. That was the one where uh, Ramsey Ramsey dies. Ramsey yes. Okay. So there will be spoilers probably for the um, original series if people haven't seen that. And also, um, I'm not going to spoil anything because I don't know anything about future episodes. But they did run the trailer for the future of the season, and we will talk about that at the end of this episode. Yes. So, but to start off, House of the Dragon, the Heirs of the Dragon is the name of the first episode. TVMA. Uh, we get this prologue, right? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, by Rhaenyra, but we don't know that yet. It's a couple hundred years before the events of the Game of Thrones series we watched. Uh, King of the Seven Kingdoms is Jaharis Targaryen, and he's old, and he's sick. And instead of having the prototypical um, passing of the crown, he decides to call together the council to announce his successor. Part of the reason, because he knows that there's going to be this contested thing happening unless he does this. So there's 14 applicants, but really it's between Princess Rhaenys and Prince Viserys, right? Mm -hmm. And Prince Viserys wins, and that's the end of the story. All right, that's the <laughs> end of the prologue. And Princess Rhaenys is forever known as the queen who should have been. Yes. yes. Nine years later, we meet 
Rhaenyra Targaryen. She's feisty. She's the smart daughter of the series, really his only kid. Um, she's also the narrator for most of the series, mm-hmm. or for most of this episode. And she lands her dragon, Syrax, right? So what do you think of Syrax? I was glad to see that they, like, we're still going to keep dragons in the show. I wasn't sure, like, if we were going to get more of them, because there's three in the original. Oh, right? we're definitely getting more dragons. I know that some people were complaining that the CGI was a little bit off. That would be me, yes. Yeah, and they were saying it looked like a PS2 game. I, I remember, like, how the little they wanted to show the dragons and the direwolves in the later seasons, or even any time because they knew that the budget that they have to throw into it to make it look semi-realistic was going to take a lot out. I think that they downscaled probably some of the budget so that they were able to, sh- that they'd be able to show more dragons this season. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it looked terrible or anything, but my first impression actually was that the dragon looked a little small. And I remember mm-hmm. that uh, by the time that Game of Thrones rolled around, they were talking about how in the last years of the dragons, like they devolved and they started getting really, really, really tiny. And I was just wondering if it was already in that process. But then they said that it was just a young dragon and that it was still growing and that eventually it would be the size of Craxus, who is, I think, the other dragon that yeah. we see in this episode. Um, so maybe not that it's shrinking, maybe that it was just a young dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we meet Alicent, who is the main handmaiden of Rhaenyra. And she's near her carriage and she's ushering her to the Red Keep, which is in the middle of King's Landing. It's the place where the kings live. A lot of terminology that you remember from Game of Thrones. And I'm sure they threw in made stuff it like this, that on Made purpose. it very nostalgic, yeah. We also hear things like Valyrian steel throughout. We hear Dracarys. We hear like just main terms that we know. Um, not really nostalgic yet, though, because like it's only been a few years since the show was off air. So it kind of feels like a really long time since the last season. What I liked about it was the fact that even though there were references to the original, it wasn't overfilled with them like mm-hmm. so many times when we get like a spin-off series or a sequel series like even i'll just pick like iCarly where they came back after so many years or punky bruce or anything like that it's like they just try to almost make it entirely one big reference and it's like here no i felt like they were actually trying to tell a story i think they could have done less though i mean like really? you're talking about how it wasn't overbearing and i agree it wasn't overbearing but they did do a lot and especially when you see the symbolism. Rhaenyra's character feels a little like a replacement Daenerys to me. And we'll talk about that when we get into my pros and cons. But anyway, she finds her mother in the castle and uh, Emma, that's her name, but with an A, uh, is very pregnant. And hopefully she has a son so that he can uh, ascend to the crown. That's what yeah. Viserys' main hope is. And Rhaenyra would rather be a knight than a mother in the future. That's mm-hmm. basically the conversation they have, and it's kind of like Arya in the first few seasons, yep. right? And so then King Viserys is in with his council. He's got his hand there. He's got Lord Corlys, uh, who is Princess Reyna's from the first scene, her husband. And they're all talking about these threats to the kingdom, specifically something called the Triarchy, which I'm sure we'll hear more about. And this guy named the Crab Feeder, who I'm pretty sure, because they said that's how he tortures people that we're going to see someone eaten by a crab by the end of this. Um, so Rhaenyra is the cup filler. She goes in and she just fills people's wine cups. And uh, Damon then shows up in the next scene mm-hmm. because nothing really happens after that. Uh, he is Viserys brother and he's in town for the birth of his nephew. He's played by Matt Smith. He's cocky, he's belligerent, but ultimately he's faithful to his family. Yes, but he's Ramsay Bolton. He um, is another Ramsay Bolton. No, because Ramsay killed his father. Ramsay killed his father, but if you remember prior to the sixth season, he always like was trying to impress his father. Yeah, but that doesn't mean, I don't think that Damon is going to, I think that he feels betrayed by the end of the episode, but I 
I don't think that he goes out of his way. Like he's But he's an antagonist, you agree. I right? don't know. I don't know about that yet. I don't know if really? Otto is more an antagonist because I believed Damon at the end when he said the hand of the king is actually worse for him. Like I would have been a better hand for the king, is what he said. Does that make sense? Yeah, but like still the first thing we see is him torturing people in King's Landing. Well, that's actually the second thing we see. Yeah, right? yeah. First thing we yeah. see is he's on the throne. Well, yeah, he hangs out with Rhaenyra for a little bit, and then he goes with the King's Guard to beat up and maim and dismember a bunch of criminals because at first I was like well he's just making a point by killing people on the street no he's cutting off hands and dicks and heads basically befitting the crime so if you steal something you get your hand cut off and if you rape someone you get your cock cut off and if you uh if you kill someone you just get your head cut off right it's pretty simple (laughs) but by the end of it he's made a name for himself he gets called back to the um to the castle and that's where he kind of gets uh slapped on the wrist Mm -hmm. but Viserys is actually pretty cool-headed about it he's like yeah it's my brother he's gonna do stuff like that but in the end he's doing it for the right reason and it'll probably help like it was a strategic move and so what surprised me so much was that after the prologue they made such a big deal about how it should have gone to the princess right Right, yeah because it's a patriarch it decided to go to Viserys and they kind of cast Viserys to look like a doofus like he looks really dumb with the wig on and he just so his countenance made me think oh god this guy's going to be horrible at king but he's not no like he, honestly he makes some decisions that aren't even really questionable even when his wife is in labor and it seems like they don't know what to do it, and he's really offered whether or not to save the son or to let them both die obviously he's going to opt to try to save his kid but plenty of people said online and i am definitely part of the majority where they said that scene was hard to watch and oh, I'm going God, to go, yes. i am going to yeah. go even farther and say that this is this that's the scene that defines this show like i feel like that's sure, for going the pilot to become, well i also feel like that scene's going to become just famous in the future if this show like goes plenty of seasons it'll you know? be memorable but i think that's the point of it but we'll get more into that when we talk about pros and cons mm-hmm. So at the same time that she's having the baby, there's this tourney going on, right? Mm-hmm. This tournament where it's like Spartacus style. You've got a big arena. There, It's jousting and uh, and Damon, right? He is riding on one of these horses and he's like one of the better jousters. When there. I was seeing the jousting going on, I was like, is it going to be actual swords? Like, are people going to die? And then I was like, oh, no. Jousting okay, doesn't just, use swords. Yeah. It uses those like br- wood things that break apart. We saw it in Game of Thrones, but just remember, on a smaller yeah. scale, like the audience was way, it was just like kind of the, royal audience while this is just like the full crowd of like thousands upon thousands of people and it was in the first episode right like justin was in the first episode i don't remember it was in the first few episodes i just remember Littlefinger talking to sansa right Mm -hmm. isn't that when he does that um and so yeah here we have everybody watching and before the king is called away damon points to otto's kid um, the hand of the king's kid and says that's the person I want to joust with first and then I think he's going to kill him like at first I'm like oh man yeah, he goes, too. like he's going to just like murder this guy after Otto's wife had just died yep. so that he's like really trying to rub it in so I didn't know like how bad this was going to get instead he just like hurts him he doesn't even cripple him but like he throws his jousting stick right in front of the horse mm-hmm. in a very risky move but that causes uh, Otto to lose Otto's kid to lose and then uh, Damon keeps on moving forward the other winner of the entire tournament is like so Sir Creston Cole, and he's sort of an anonymous figure until we learn that he's Dornish at the end. And so it ends up being Damon and Creston Cole facing off, and that's when they start intersplicing the stuff that's going on in the bedchambers with Emma, <clears throat> with Emma being surrounded by her handmaidens and having people like cut into her and stuff. Yeah. And that was really gross and grotesque and disturbing on so many levels. But I like the tournament stuff. So like Damon and Creston Cole, like they they joust for a few rounds and then they file fall off their horses and they start going at it. 
um, on on the on the ground basically. Right. And that's after there's already been a breakout of like people just killing each other for yeah. for random like I don't know. It's just well, a weird place I, I to live. I remember like when they were having the wedding scene in the first episode with the Nerys. Like they were there were people that were killing each other and just like going crazy there as well. But wasn't that the Dothraki? That was like yeah, the, yeah. That yeah. was like the horse people. The people who <laughs> like they were seemed a little less civilized. This this they someone did point out they were like is this really the best way to be honoring the king's new mm. son or something like that but uh yeah so sir creston cole ends up getting the edge on damon after the back and forth and he makes him concede and damon you can tell just doesn't want to he wants I was, to even I in the most underhanded way yeah. he wants to win but but he lets it go that's why i think matt smith's acting here is actually pretty good and uh and so then the series we're seeing him struggle with this decision and once emma has died and her baby has been pulled out of her um the baby's crying so we think everything turned out the way it was said it would and then the next scene we see the funeral where Rhaenyra and everybody are on the hill and they're basically doing the funeral process and she says Dracarys and the dragon burns the body but it's also burning the kid's body who's yeah. also been wrapped up because we learned that the kid had died as Only well lived one so, day. so yeah. like all that torture that Emma had been put through at the end like the series has to feel real guilty about that mm-hmm. and we see that echoed in some of the decisions he makes later Otto tries to take advantage of it in a way by sending his daughter who we learned then is actually actually Alicent to the king's chambers to kind of like relieve him but not in anything i don't think it was a sexual way but i think it paved the road for like later on that she sure, might... he, he said wear some of your mother's dresses yes no i think otto was like hoping that it would work out but i think that like the series he seemed like he was too um stressed and too much in like pain to yeah. want to act on that but he did respect that she came in and did like that that she was there um it's just weird because of the age difference you know but then we get another scene with Dave where he's overhearing the series and the council kind of talk about him mm. where they're all wanting to be like well now that your wife and your future heir has passed away we want to change the order of the lineage to the crown like we don't want it to go to damon if for perhaps you die or something like yeah. that and he's like i don't want to talk about this and damon would be fine and then damon's like he's still kind of insulted by that so he goes to the brothel and he kind of makes a statement that the son was only the heir for the day and that really get that gets back to the series and the series basically fires um damon from having the job of being the next uh, in line yeah and then he gives it to his daughter and then he tells his daughter when he calls her there and they have this nice scene in front of the giant uh dragon which um, i think skull which yeah. i think if i'm correct is the first scene that they shot in the show oh okay. Or, or at least the first scene that uh millie alcock the young princess from Nera. Yeah, it seems significant. Not only that, because he also told her some secrets, like there's a winter coming. Mm-hmm. And even though the dream about having a son turned out to be fake, or at least fake for now, he's still very much believing in the fact that there's like this winter that's going to arrive in the future. And there's going to be this battle called the Song of Ice and Fire, which is what we kind right. of watched in Game of Thrones. Also, Rhaenyra said something kind of interesting in the scene. She says, the only thing that separates us from um, the rest of society is the fact that we have these dragons that we that we are, are friends with. But at the same time, do, don't all Targaryens have the ability to, like, not hurt when they when they put fire on themselves? Like, they're, they're not flammable. <laughs> like, I, I know. Was that shown in the first season or something? That's Daenerys was constantly walking in and out of fires. Like, she's yeah. clearly unable to be hurt by fire. Yeah. That's... The, the, the whole idea of why the guy's head was like gold cloaked right. or whatever is In because the sixth episode they yeah. want to they want to know whether or not he's actually uh, true to be targaryen 
But so yeah, that confused me. And then also, uh, Viserys has this weird growth, or not growth, but a sore that's on his back mm -hmm. that they said that they were going to carterize. And I was like, how do you carterize someone who can't be burnt? Yeah. <laughs> and then the show sort of like closes out. I'm trying to remember the last scene. Well, Matt Smith rides off. You mean uh, with, Damon? Yeah, yeah Damon, Damon rides off on like a dragon. On his big red dragon, I'm which wondering, is Praxis. I'm think. wondering if he's going to be in the next couple episodes or with, if he's going to be his, gone. With the, uh, not his wife, because his wife apparently he calls ugly, but uh, this person that he's taken to be yeah. his <laughs> sort of like his... Um, uh, mistress, yeah, yep. and then Renera is given the chair. Like everyone, kind of vows respect. Oh, they, they, yeah. they get they promise that they won't contest it yeah. once the father dies. And then it's kind of not said, but like everybody understands that she doesn't know what she's getting herself into. Mm -hmm. But she is getting what she sort of wanted, which is not to have to be just a mother to someone yep. in the future. So, um, yeah, and that's all our characters. Do you want to get into pros and cons now? Right before we do, I do have a three truths and one lie game on what this show did okay, uh, shoot. for marketing. Um, one of them, again, is a lie. So one is that uh, Duolingo promoted a course on their app for the Valyrian language. Okay. The second one was... There was a lot of Valyrian spoken. Yeah. If that's the name of... It, that's the language yep. that they speak? Okay, all right. And then the second one was partnered with Snapchat to offer a new dragon selfie. Third one was that HBO Max paired with Roku offering new options, giveaways, screensavers, and a Roku rundown show that will cover the new series. And then the fourth one is HBO Max paired with TikTok releasing miniseries in anticipation for the show. What do you mean miniseries? Like on TikTok, there was a miniseries that you could see. I don't think so. Yeah, you're right. That, that was okay. Yeah, that was I don't know what that even means because obviously they're not going to give away anything. They, it, it's surprising though because like, okay, I was I thought that there would be a bigger cast. Really? You yeah, didn't. it's Game of Thrones. I thought I remember there was like as many people in this episode as there were Starks in the one family. Yes, but I think that they're <laughs> so, just focusing on one family to make it almost like simpler. I'm con yeah, that's what it is. But I do consider that sort of a pro because by the end of the episode, I was uh, kind of thinking that I would be confused by too many people. Yeah, you know. And instead, I just got Rhaenyra, Viserys, Damon, Alicent, Otto, Sir Creston Cole, Emma, uh, Cyrax, Rhaenys, and Rhaenys, and uh, Cor Corlys. Um, and I knew who they are all are, right? right. I could recognize them. That was a pro for me as well. Yeah. So that, that was my first pro. The second pro I have is that Viserys wasn't a putz, like I kind of already talked about, and I can't fault him for any specific decision, even when he gets mad at Damon for what he did. Like, it seems like they're their, their biggest supporters. Yeah. Like, as opposed to the Jamie-Tyrion um, kind of rivalry in the first few seasons, this was more like the Starks when they were friends, like yeah. Rob and uh, and the and uh, what's John and uh, the rest of them, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was a cool replica in his room that I kind of want to point out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that I was like just that, so yeah. big. And yeah, so that I was... Think that was I think that was a callback to the intro of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that was my first negative, though, is that there is no opening credits in this show. It just felt like there was a flashing three-headed dragon seal that we saw for, like, mm -hmm. a second. But, like, such a big part of the Game of Thrones original series was that opening that was so... I obviously that's why they didn't want to do it, is they didn't want to draw comparison to it. But yeah. at the same time, doing nothing feels like it's also kind of ignoring it. Otto and Damon, I like how they were setting them up because at first I thought Otto was the good guy. But when Damon pointed out, like, then it made me just think of all the things that strategically, I think that Otto is going to turn out to be sort of an Iago type mm -hmm. character where we just don't know it right now, but that he is kind of there for just to succeed and obviously make his daughter kind of like the next level up yeah does that make sense yeah um and then it was an hour despite it seeing it being an hour and 16 on when i first clicked on the hbo max thing i was concerned because like the feature length episodes can be good when they're 
like very distance apart, but like it's when you start getting them to be the norm that yeah. it becomes an issue. You see that in Sons of Anarchy, you see that in Stranger Things, you saw that in Game of Thrones. Basically, like when directors just go crazy and they get carte blanche, <laughs> carte blanche, they, they're able to like choose whatever they want to do. I like that they fit this all into an hour. Um, and then it succeeds in having a very different tone than Game of Thrones. Like, yes, there are obvious similarities, but it doesn't feel like it's just a regurgitation completely to yep. me. Um, and then the ending trailer actually was one of my last pros. It gave me a lot of hope for the future of the series when I realized that it wasn't going to just depend on this one timeline that we were going to get a jump. Also, it made me realize I wasn't crazy because I was sure that I saw Olivia Cook in this series. <laughs> and when I saw Alicent and I was like, you can't be the girl that I confused with her. And then at the end, I see that's Alicent, but older Alicent. I was like, that makes so much more sense. And I can't wait to see it because Alicent and Rhaenyra are friends in this episode. Yeah. But I can tell, and it's pretty obvious that in the future, there's going to be some definite angst between the two of them because it might be that she becomes her stepmother in a way. Um, and also she might try to get into the crown. And I don't know who I'll root for because right now I would be rooting for Rhaenyra, but it, I mean, Olivia Cook's a good actress. I'd probably be rooting for her. And then the last pro I'll have is that um, they mentioned um, that Nymeria, the princess, had like hatched an actual dragon egg. And I think that was also a callback to when Daenerys actually hatched a dragon yeah. out of her body. Yes, okay. I, I would say that also the fact that like when it comes to cinematography or lighting or even like sound mixing or anything like that it was good in this show it was good in game of thrones throughout but here there's obviously been some work there were in. very few starbucks cups in this episode <laughs> and it doesn't feel like many other shows out there i really was trying to think about shows i could compare this to and the only one i could think of was game of thrones and that one's oh obvious. i had a couple um oh. the dark crystal there was spartacus and then there was the gilded age all for different reasons spartacus because of the tournament i said again that felt very spartacus-y um the uh the dark crystal because we got more drone shots than yeah. in the original here but like we got to see a lot more of king's landing and the way that they did it almost reminded me of the way that we see dark crystal when they showed the kingdom there yeah um and then the last was the gilded, gilded age. age because yeah the, it gets a little fancy and like that's kind of i don't know the vibe just for a few minutes felt like that too. ryan condol again the co-creator said this was succession with dragons mm. so <laughs> i think he's giving himself a little bit too much credit there <laughs> okay yeah so going to your cons okay my cons all right so the no opening credits was a con to me um Rhaenyra right or wrong feels like a replacement Daenerys and considering how universally panned they they were like Game of Thrones was when it vilified her character I think they're going to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure that Rhaenyra never does become that she's going to be like the playing out hero mm -hmm. kind of the Jon Snow-ish hero and I see that as a problem because it's like in the in, in Game of Thrones, anyone could die at any time, at least in the first couple seasons. Yeah. There was no plot armor. It seemed like surprises were having left. It didn't feel like there's going to be a lot of surprises here. Like, I'll get that also brings me to the reveals in this episode. Well, I, I want to talk about what you were just talking yes, about. Yes, go ahead. I did like in Game of Thrones the fact that Daenerys, because like you were saying, it was predictable. I did like how she didn't end up getting the throne, but I just didn't like the way that they went about going. I don't about want to it. debate whether or not we like the ending of Game <laughs> oh, of no, Thrones. Oh, no, I wasn't defending the ending. I was just saying <laughs> okay. I didn't like how Daenerys got it because it seemed like that's the way that it was going for a couple of seasons but but on. you'd agree that in the first few seasons like part of the thing that made game of thrones so oh great yeah is no, that it absolutely. surprised you yes, so the first well four and that it made great. you like it hurt you because like you would be attached to these yes, characters and I, this, it felt like i was like i'm waiting for that big surprise moment that they need in this to like really the first episode had brand fall out the window right yes. that was so that was huge in this it was like okay we find out that allison tisato's daughter surprise we find out that the series baby died that was a surprise of sorts 
but it was like not really out of the realm of possibility that you could guess. Um, and then that his warning was a dream. That's also like, okay, his warning was the future that we already know. That's kind of a surprise. The biggest surprise was that the dragons smell. I don't remember if Game of Thrones ever talking about how the <laughs> dragons smell bad, but apparently everybody recognized when uh, Rhaenyra was riding one because of the stench that it left. And then I knew that the mom would die. I feel like that was supposed to be a surprise, but it felt pretty obvious mm -hmm. given her first scenes, her introduction. But I was surprised by how she died. Like that was a gruesome ending yeah. for her, which we've already talked about. But in the end, it just feels very dull compared to what you're going to compare it to, right? Yeah. Um, and then there were bad wigs, but I mean, that's what the New York Times article <laughs> talked about. But it's something about having to give everybody the same silver hair, which I think makes it look a lot more uh, dress up-y than it did in the original Game of yeah. Thrones where people could actually just have their regular hair. Um, and then there were more dragons. So that's a pro. There was more drone shots of King's Landing, also a pro, and of Heron Hall, which was the place we saw at the very yeah. beginning. But it had more CGI because of that. So that's why it's ultimately a con to me. Mm -hmm. And She-Hulk was one thing because obviously that series is depending on making the two main characters very computer generated and animated and stuff. But this is, it's a little different. And I would think that the budget would be higher for this. Um, and then the directorial choices is, is kind of a big one for me because at the end of the episode, they had the directors come out there and kind of like pat themselves on the back for the decisions they made. And every decision they talked about, I kind of was like, ugh. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not really big on that one because I can't think of many examples where someone tries to put clout on their prologue. Like, who <laughs> likes the prologues to anything ever? And these guys are like, well, we needed a prologue and we really like that we did a prologue. Yeah. And I was like, okay, good for you guys. But like, it didn't really, I don't even know if it was necessary. I think they probably could have told the story. Like, the original Game of Thrones had a very complicated first episode. You saw the murders at the very beginning. We had no idea what that was about. And then we saw the Winterfell. And then we saw, like, these two families merging and having, the, like, a very complicated relationship with one another. But they didn't, like, spell it out for you. This yeah. feels like it was spelling it out for you. And then the directors also straight up admitted that the tournament, the only reason it was there was to show what Game of Thrones was capable <laughs> of. Which, that means it doesn't have anything to do with the yeah. plot. They literally just threw it in there to be like, look, action scene. Great. <laughs> And it did look cool, but then stick with it, you know? Yeah. Like, just let that be its own scene. Instead, they were like, well, then it was this guy's idea to splice in the forced birth scene with the jousting. So you take your best scene with the action and stuff, and then you splice it with the worst scene, and you make it seem like, oh. It but it was, wasn't actually the worst scene. Either, it was the right? worst scene because of this. If they had shown it for, like, a few seconds, it would have been fine. I'm not saying I was squeamish with it, but it was like they made it seem as if it ended. They were like, okay, well, the audience can put the rest of it in their uh, head and they know exactly what. But then they kept going back yeah. to it. It was like, surprise, we're actually going back. Surprise, it's it's there it again. And it's like, just give us the jousting so we can finish and see one of them. Otherwise, it actually prolonged the scene that everybody wanted sort of to end. And I don't know. Uh, it just feels like there was an intricately woven, amazing cast from the first Game of Thrones that's never going yeah. to be able to be recreated in a show that's being written as it goes. I you know with that. And that's... also just like the surprise factor. It's like we know that Game of Thrones had a ton of surprises, but some of the things that made it so surprising was just how dark it went. Like it literally killed off oh, its this main was, character. This was Here. dark, but it was, but it was get... intentionally dark. Like, but I'm were... saying, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I don't, I don't know if it's ever going to be able to reach that like level of twist, like the Hodor twist twist or anything like that i don't i don't see the show being able to do that i think it'll have subtle highs 
I think that especially when they flip to the main time period, not young version of the the queens, but like the way when you have Rhaenyra and uh, Alicent being the two mains versus the two brothers and what what happens with uh, Damon and Otto and all that. Like I think there is some potential. It's just never going to meet that same standard. Right. And for for me, I would give it a six out of ten, and I would not recommend the show until I see it hit that potential. Wow, a six out of ten, really? Because I can't ignore. The history behind it and i don't think anyone should have to wow that's that's lower than i thought you were going to give are you going to watch the rest of the series i will it'll be the only six out of ten series <laughs> that i'll probably continue to watch but i I will because of like how curious i am into what happens next and for for that i mean i'm literally only giving this episode a six out of ten because it did pass which i think shouldn't be discounted because like with most shows all you have to do to pass with the pilot is kind of have funny jokes or blah blah, mm. blah. this had to do a lot it had to kind of not make up for season eight but uh definitely make you forget about it so that you're I, not thinking about that throughout the entire time i would give this episode an eight out of ten and i am going to watch the rest of the series do you want me to get into the reviews yeah sure but did you have any cons only like two one was that the dialogue got lost kind of an exposition some of the time and it it also felt like it didn't have a solid storyline like and it was kind of hard to follow at different points you say that well well it's like they were introducing the characters but i didn't feel like it actually had any straight storyline that it was trying to like go towards i saw it as like a one-lined rhaenyra storyline like i I was kind of able to see everything through her eyes well i also had some observations um kind of what we were talking about before it like like the show hadn't hasn't been off for that long. Had it maybe come back after like a ten year break or something like that, it would have. I would have maybe been like, oh wow, this is really like making me remember the feeling. But I still remember how I felt in season seven, season eight of Game of Thrones. Well, it didn't suffer audience. Like I think if they did the ten year break thing, you would lose a lot of people who were still curious. Right now mm-hmm. is I think prime time for people who are just like angry watching almost to see <laughs> if they're if they can be angry at this show as well. And again, my last observation was that I hope that it has like enough fresh characters and it's not retreads of ones that we've seen before i think i'm mostly surprised by matt smith in that regard because i saw him in the trailer and i was like oh man they just cast doctor who to try to cash in on that like uh, promotion but he's actually acting (laughs) he's trying really hard to give you that complicated performance of good and bad (laughs) he probably was my my favorite character in the show Mm -hmm. um it has an 85 percent on ron tomatoes and 89 percent audience score i find it funny every single review that i've read is like almost trying to not give the show too much credit because I think they're afraid about what might happen later on in the series. That's fair. So, like, AV Club gave the pilot a B, which is the same score that they gave winners coming in Game of Thrones uh, mm-hmm. originally in, like, 2011. But every single, like, review is saying, like, yeah, the show's good, but, like, you know, we just need to see where it's going right now. Yeah. But it does have a 9.1 on IMDb, and the episode that we huh. watched has a 9. And, yeah, it seems like that and was it's not an Amazon rated. Prime series, so you yeah. know that Bezos isn't there clicking that button. <laughs> All right, well, that's that's higher than I gave it, but it's around the same rating that you gave it. So. Yeah, and it's around the same rating of Game of Thrones in general, oh. 9.1 and 9.3. Well, I guess I should also say that I gave up on the Game of Thrones series a lot earlier than, uh, like, I still watched it, but I gave up on, like, it being as good as people were making it out to be way earlier than I think most of the crowd did yeah like i was after season four i started being like well these episodes aren't that great <laughs> like season five was not my favorite yeah yeah also i want to say greg yankees he's done a wider array of shows like nip tuck prison break heroes lost house banshee snowfall the old man he's going to be directing episode two of this so okay. i mean they're getting people with like a resume on them. when do they make that change do you know to the older cast 
I think it's going to be the next episode. It's going to be ten episodes, but I, so I, Young Rhaenyra was only in one episode. I, I think, but I'm I thought not it sure. was going to be like almost even mid season. It could. I thought maybe that Viserys is going to die, but they were first going to show us the story of Viserys and Daemon, and then after a while, then it would become the story of Rhaenyra and Alice. I should clarify. I think it's yeah. Going you to have be no idea. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Anything else we should talk about? Anything else that we missed? I'm for sure there's a ton that we missed, but like anything else that's worthy of being spoken about. Obviously, we don't know the history of a lot of. The game of thrones lore and we didn't read the books yeah so. and, and this is based off the second half of george r. r martin's book fire and blood which was published in 2018 does george r. r martin actually jump in here at some point and start writing them he said that he would want to if like the occasion arose but i don't think that he's ran any episode for the first season i guess they still want him to just finish the book all right well thank you for listening we'll see you on the next episode bye bye